This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 821 here on this Wednesday. Who needs basketball? Not me. Not you. Because we got Counterpoint all locked and loaded coming in. We got John Mraz, former Liberal War Room Director. Hello there, sir. Aiko, Aiko. And Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor and Counselor for Ward 2, Etobicoke Center. Hello there, Stephen. Hello, good evening. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm sure that you've probably heard this headline. It's making headlines all over the country. There's this shocking RCMP interview. It dates back to 2012, but it doesn't change what you hear and the shock that you will feel. This has to do with a, uh, an underage First Nations uh, woman, girl at the time. Uh, she was living in B.C. foster care. She went to the police to report a sexual assault. And let's just say this young, you know, alleged victim, she didn't get that hashtag, I believe her. In fact, she got quite the opposite. Take a listen to what I guess the RCMP officer felt was an appropriate question to ask. Were you at all turned on during this at all, even a little bit? Physically, you weren't at all responsive to his advances, even maybe um, subconsciously? Maybe subconsciously, but no, not. I was really scared. Okay. Because you understand that when a guy tries to have sex with a female and the female is completely unwilling, it's very difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah, it hurt a lot. It hurt a lot at the beginning? For the whole thing. Okay, and how does that compare to experiences you've had in the past sexually? It didn't hurt this much. Like, I actually bled yesterday in my underwear. And where's, where's that underwear now? It's evidence somewhere. Today in the House, Ralph Goodale condemned the actions. It was supported by all parties without question. I'll start with you on this, Stephen, because I think John Mraz's head's about to explode. Um, does this, in your mind, call for a full-on investigation into the RCMP? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, I was gritting my teeth listening to this. Uh, I'm the father of two young girls, and, uh, you know, there are women and girls across this country that are hearing this video. And, uh, and perhaps some of them have been in situations where they'd like to come forward to the authorities or to adults or medical practitioners to report something that's bothered them. And they hear this, and they're going to be put off from doing that. So, for sure, uh, the police have to be on top of this right away and, and make sure that this is dealt with, make sure that this is properly and thoroughly investigated. I don't know a thing about how these interrogations work, but something doesn't seem right. Yeah, well, I guess what's not right is you don't generally interrogate alleged uh, rape victims. But, John, even though this comes before me, too, you don't need to be a, a genius to understand the delicacies of what you're dealing with. Um, the bottom line is this, this young gal, you know, whether it was true or not, there's a one way to ask questions, and that ain't the way. 
Oh, I'd like to ask the uh, officer from the RCMP whether uh, he was turned on asking those questions consciously or subconsciously. That's it's a, disgusting. Honestly, it's, yeah. He sounds like an advertisement for psychological rape, and I am not going to back off on that. I have been in interrogations. Uh, I've witnessed them both uh, around the military and the police. None of this is normal. Uh, I'd like to think that this tape did not come out to subvert or undermine the RCMP's authority right in the middle of their investigations of two very important federal events. I suspect, and I'm, I, I'm not a tinfoil hat wearer, uh, that, that that might have something to do with this, the timing, because it's 2012, it's seven years later, and this is popping up right now. But it had it not popped this woman, I just talked to her lawyer, she's in the hospital as of tonight because this tape has come out, and well, it's once again triggered all these memories can, for can, her. Can but, you blame her? And by the way, and Mr. Diamond, good good to hear your voice. It's been years since I ran that campaign uh, out of your shop years ago, and uh, nice to see us on the same side as this, but this is uh, anatomy to me. It's obscene, and I don't care what your partisan stripe is, and and uh, Mr. Diamond and I have been on the opposite sides of that fence. Everybody should be asking the RCMP what uh, what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll get that. But uh, but do you get the sense, uh, Stephen, that they'll actually investigate this thing? Do you think that there can't be an investigation into this? Well, I don't know how the mechanics work about the time differences, but given the headlines and given the reputational damage to the organization, a potential at least with this, they have to be on top of it. And uh, this tape must have changed the number of hands before it came public, so perhaps they've already started it. I mean, I really hope they have. Well, thank God it did surface. I mean, honestly, if it hadn't surfaced, I mean, who knows what we're looking at? I mean, I don't want to condemn all cops. I know an awful lot of good ones, but without question, someone dropped the ball and some on this case. Um, I want to talk about this decision. This is going to be a big decision, and I think it will, without question, go to the Supreme Court. It's uh, highly, um, it's one of those cases that could easily be a, cha- a charter challenge. But today, the Ontario uh, Supreme Court uh, told doctors that they must give referrals for medical services that clash with their moral or religious or ethical beliefs. And so, whether or not they agree with abortion, things like uh, assisted death, uh, birth control, John, they've got to they've got to give a referral. Um, Whose rights are going to matter more in this, the doctors or the patients? Because that's what it's going to come down to. Well, first of all, before I, can, I want to apologize to Stephen Holiday. I called him Michael, Michael Diamond because I was I'm talking like, to Michael Diamond. Good. I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Um, that, that's okay. He's an, it's not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not someone we can you're, you're all part of the same Borg to me, Stephen. Anyway, no. Uh, again, I, I have trouble imagining Stephen would disagree with me here. Uh, this is actually a common sense solution. Uh, A lot of people felt doctors were servants to the realm or maybe even slaves to the realm and had to breach their own personal code of ethics or morals and provide services that they may or may not be comfortable with. All they're being asked to do is if you're not comfortable providing that service, refer the woman or man to another doctor. Oh, my God. Common sense. I'm right. I'm all for it. Well, it, it seems like it would be common sense, Stephen, but there will be doctors that say this uh, this steps on my charter rights. And so this is one of the I don't know where the courts will go on this one. Who's right? Whose yeah. rights are, are more important? I suspect the appeal court got it right. Um, it was over. It was unanimous, court. by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If the Supreme Court even hears the case. Look, I mean, I cross this all the time as a politician where I have to make decisions that uh, that maybe sometimes run a, a ground of personal private beliefs in, in, you know, in me or religion, but you always have to take the lens of what's important for the public good, and they have to take the lens of, 
what's important for the patient and what does science say about these things. But at the end of the day, the doctors are, I guess they're quasi-public servants. And uh, public servants all over the place have to deliver their service. And, and sometimes you have to set your personal belief aside and, and do the job. And I think there's, you know, there's mitigating factors. The, the, the doctors have that option to refer the patient to someone else. Um, that isn't really a stretch in someone's morals. They're, they're just sending them along to another place to get the service. All right, let's pause it there, guys. 828, we will get a break in, and then we got a whole bunch more headlines to dive into, including the Trudeau Liberals will tell you what media you can read, what they consider approval, and what they don't. We'll talk about why this is uh, should scare you after this here on Point on Global News Radio. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, we got your counterpoint going. We got John Raz and Stephen Holiday in the hot seats today. This headline caught my eye. Boy, oh boy, did it because uh, this is not making me very happy. Because the, uh, I think if the Trudeau Liberals really want to destroy media, this is the way to do it. We learn that the federal agencies will pu- publish an A list of newspapers and websites deemed reliable under a multi-million-dollar subsidy program. The Department of Finance uh, yesterday told the Senate uh, committee that the subsidies to federally approved news media um, invites government to meddle in free press. In other words, the government, the Trudeau government, is now going to appoint a board and decide which media is considered good, which is bad, which will get their subsidy, and which won't. Now, I want to be very clear. Global News does not get any of this money, don't want it, keep it, we don't qualify, don't want to, which is great news. But they are, John, picking winners and losers, and to me, that is just wrong. Well, this gets very personal to me. Uh, my family ran from Czechoslovakia. We were uh, publishers and producers of media there uh, until the Soviet Union came in and told us that we would either toe the party line or uh, we would get out, and they killed most of us. We came here. Canada's a great place, and it's not uh, a place that has any place telling anybody who is credible and not in media. This is a drive or a road to totalitarian direction of the media, the free press by government. I don't like the subsidization of anybody in the first place. Let's compete. We don't need the government's money. I'm disgusted and I'm horrified. Well, we don't need the money because, Stephen, we could just cut off the CBC's funding and, you know, or at least take away their advertising revenue. Well, no, I mean, I won't even be that draconian. I'll be nicer. Take away their advertising revenue because they get enough money from the taxpayers and allow the privates to pick up that revenue, which they actually need. That way you don't have to subsidize it. But, you know, today it's Trudeau. What if tomorrow it's Andrew sheer deciding who you should listen to and who you should watch right and it becomes the red list or the blue list or whatever the list is not the a list and you know there's a principle in here that troubles me um uh, there's a couple of principles the first is is when, when you give grants they're supposed to be for public services it's a, you know it's a form of payment in exchange for something that you know goes along with the role of the government and in this case, uh, you know, we all know that media are political entities, and uh, they have a special role and a special category to play in our big political ecosphere. But we come across this at City Hall often, where groups come around looking for grants. And I'm always on the lookout where groups are political in nature, right? Their philosophies could be aligned or misaligned with that of council, and it becomes embarrassing situations when... Uh, we're giving out grant money, and their alignment is backwards. But 
especially in the case of the media, if it, if there's a complete alignment, well, then you have to really start asking questions about, you know, what are they doing and what are they writing and saying because they know that their grant money is on the line next year. Yeah, well, no media, as far as I'm concerned, should be paid. I mean, to, to, I mean, it is, it is, you know, the fact is we heard during SNC the Prime Minister's office felt that they could write uh, and get positive coverage. This is the kind of thing, John, that we're talking about. You just give us a bit of that $600 million, we'll make sure you get all that glowing coverage. Well, I, I just want to say either, Stephen, you've become a liberal or I've become a conservative, but I agree with every <laughs> word you just said. Uh, maybe I'm just growing up, who knows. Uh, hey, this is beyond partisan. This exactly. is good governance. Exactly. And left and right and the center can work together on this stuff, right? That's yeah. right. But but I, I as a former liberal uh, of, of past administrations, I cut up my card when uh, Mr. Trudeau came in. I believe he's a social democrat, not a liberal. This smacks of government interference and intervention through incentive, financial incentive, and I don't like the cut of that jib. No. And meanwhile, in uh, France today, uh, world leaders, including uh, Justin Trudeau, but not Mr. Trump, uh, joined because they were meeting with top social media companies um, to talk about, you know, how they can get rid of hate speech on uh, these big social media platforms. And again, Stephen, we're leaving it to the governments and the social media companies now to further erode uh, freedom of speech. And that's exactly why uh, Mr. Trump said, hey, good luck with that. We're not joining it because this strikes at the very you know, principle and erosion of freedom of speech. Well, you know, I've talked about this before. I have this problem with uh, people considering social media as open or rights-based access. At the end of the day, these are private companies that we are privileged to use because they allow us to. They're the ones uh, flipping the bill or, or carrying the freight, and uh, we, we're not entitled to use those. Conversely, those social media companies have to bear the burden of whatever is published through their system. So if they're allowing hate speech or they're allowing things that breach their policy, and we ought to hold them accountable for anything that they're propagating on their servers. I, I, you know, fully would be harsh on them for that. So it's a push and pull. At the end of the day, I, you know, I think there is uh, some role for them to be filtering what goes out there. And if people want to exercise free speech, you know, go stand on the street corner and say whatever you want. Unless you're in London, because London, Ontario doesn't allow you to do that anymore because they fine you. <laughs> but nonetheless, John, but again, they are they are uh, huge social media companies are private, but they do have a responsibility. Again, I'm not sure I want them choosing who's hateful and who's not. So I've written a bit about this over the years, and uh, I, let, let's just let's return to the facts. First of all, the only country in the group of countries listed that were invited to sign this document that actually has a right to unfettered unmitigated, unmolested free speech is the United States. That's both an advantage in the United States and a disadvantage in the United States. It is a fact also that most of these social media companies are based in the United States. So the government of the United States will not, will not say no to, uh, will not sign on to this because they are apparently aware that people down in the States will be able to apply and win in court for the right to free speech no matter how hateful it is. We cannot compare ourselves to them. So what they're doing is they're saying, really, we're going to leave it, the onus to the private companies, the responsibility to them, knowing that the users of those firms will say, they're just facilitators, I'm responsible for my speech, and it's guaranteed by the Constitution here, as if we were in the United States. So this is a tough one. They are an outlier compared to the rest of us, but I support what we did.
Yeah, I just feel like we've got we're getting hit at every uh, every corner of the way on this thing. So, all right, guys, I got to leave it there. But I thank you so much, your good sports, uh, for joining me on Game One of a new series. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Is Thanks for it, your service, Stephen. That is Stephen Holiday and John Raz agreeing to agree, which is weird. <laughs> Locusts. On point on Global News Radio.